I'm Ted Baker, and this is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 72 for Game 2 of the 2024 season at Detroit Country Day School against Michigan Saturday. We'll talk about that in a moment, but uh, first we welcome in the head coach of the Statesman, Greg Raymond. Uh, Good to talk to you again. Thanks, Ted. Good to talk to you. 16-11 loss against Colgate in the season opener, and I I, want to get your thoughts of it. It just uh, wasn't a whole lot to like there. (laughs) Well said, man. Very well said. Um, Yeah, you know, I think uh, the softest way to put it, Ted, or probably the most complimentary to our players is um, it just felt like that was – a team's third game against two top 10 or top five opponents. And it was, you know, Hobart's first game, uh, you know, against uh, a team that had a little bit more game experience than us. And, you know, I think we saw early in the game that a couple of our, our younger guys, the um, even the sophomores that haven't played much, I think, you know, they, uh, they, they seemed a little tense. They seemed a little nervous. They uh, all things that from a coaching staff standpoint, we f- we feel like we failed our guys. If we, you know, we uh, um, I've said this on this this podcast before, Ted. If our if our team's not playing the way we like, it's it's our fault. And and you know, I felt like a couple of our younger guys were a little bit frozen and um, on their heels a bit instead of playing that brand of lacrosse that. We we asked them to and, and demand of them daily. I think that's the the biggest frustrating part for me, Ted, is that's the first time I've ever seen this group play that way. And um, unfortunately, it was you know on on a game day. So again, we need to restructure our communication, um, make sure that all the elements of the keys to the game. And, and if I were to cite them off to you here right now. I don't think we did a good job with any of them. Uh, the one in particular was the poise and composure against that ten-man ride, and that I felt like that ten-man ride was for real, Ted. I don't know. I, you know, I, you've seen a lot of lacrosse, and and I have too. That's one of the more difficult rides I've played against, and I think it is their catapult or their catalyst for success right now, and they're uh, they're taking it and run with it. And I just I felt like it it changed the landscape of the game. So we started. Um, panicking a little bit early in a scenario where we don't need to even that one quarter that first quarter where we did get shell shocked it's a it's a five goal you know we I don't think we could have played worse than that first quarter and we're down by five that's a you know a surmountable goal so um you know onward and upward man this is I I'm a firm believer that nobody plays good lacrosse in February but you know I think uh if our guys show the great endurance we think they can and and uh you know, continue to move forward from a let's play our best lacrosse at the end of the year standpoint. This is still a season that I think we can be very proud of. It seems like against the 10-man ride, it was pass back to the goalie, throw out to one of the long poles, back to the goalie, throw out to another one of the long poles, and then you're at 17 seconds, and uh uh-oh, what do we do now? What was supposed to happen against that 10-man? Well, you know, first and foremost, it's very hard to duplicate that in a practice, right? So, you know, we gave uh, 11 guys long poles in our practice and cleared against that all, all week long. And I think, you know, our, our group that was doing their best to mimic a ride did a, did a pretty good job. But again, you know, we knew we'd have to read mold and adjust on that day of the game. So the plan was 
to because it's such a high pressure ride, the plan was to get the ball to some short sticks early and um, the ones that we've put in those specific gaps get them to attack those gaps, get their ride to basically converge and then be able to kick the ball back or over to somebody that was very open, which we saw on the sideline. And I'm sure Ted, you saw in the press box and you know, my, my dad has a really humble way of saying, or what he thinks is a great way of saying, Hey, why didn't you throw it to the open guys? And I'm like, well, dad, you know, that was the plan. I just think the pressure got to us. And what we were hoping was our guys to have some poise in a first ball reversal, get it the ball to one side of the field, kick it, get it to the other, be able to reverse that ball again. And if for some reason we were at the end of that clock, see the goal, see the corners deep. And um, ultimately, we as coaches did a poor job preparing him for, the, for those moments because they were there. We just uh, – we did a poor job of sucking that ride in, kicking it to the other side of the field, and then attacking that weak spot of the ride. So, um, again, a great lesson learned from for how to prepare for a ride, how to adjust for a ride like that. And, and you know, full transparency, we plan on stealing a few things from, from that ride, as I do believe it's very effective. I always talk about in basketball, the full-court press, it's not just making the turnover in the backcourt. You, you make the offense use up so much energy, they sometimes get out of sync in the half court, and I thought that was kind of what happened. Your, your half-field offense in the early part of the game just didn't seem to quite know what it wanted to do. Very true, and and again, I think another unique part of Colgate is how they play half-field defense, and so, you know, you get into that, that realm of changing what you're doing and changing who you are, and knowing that the ride is pretty effective and can, can change the game if you don't take you take great opportunities early versus good ones and you get into this up and down battle where, you know, it's a little bit in a team's favor that plays a manic style. So it did take us out of that groove. And, you know, they, with, with a defense that is essentially a zone, it's, it's, you know, a backer zone scenario where every dodge is supported. Every pick is doubled every, they're just flying around forcing you to move the ball. And then, and, they don't play the ball behind the goal a little bit, so sometimes it gets stuck in a stick back there. And and um, so you know, I, I, again, I think after that first quarter, we had great regret. And you know, I'm looking at Coach Brundage and saying, "All right, you know, let's let's just to get back to doing what we do, making sure that um, you know the Tango offense is 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 working on all cylinders, and and um, you know, we don't let this ride or this full field press." take us out of uh, an element of early offense or groove that we could do well. So um, kudos to them and, and that system. But, Ted, I, I, I think you said it very well. I believe that that full-court press took us out of some half-field flow from an offensive standpoint. Sometimes goalies have a day where they just don't seem to be seeing the ball. That seemed like what it was to me to Ellis Wilson. He just didn't seem to be seeing it well. You made the change. You went to Jack Fayola. So the first question is, what did you think of him in his debut? Oh, I thought he did great in a tough scenario. You know, I, I think um, I, our, our program loves Ellis and, and, and still believes Ellis to be a great, you know, game-changing goaltender. Um, he's worked very, very hard to get there, uh, but but also sees Jack on a daily basis as well, knows that he is a an excellent stopper and, and also a game-changer. So, um, you know, I think Jack did, did 
did a really good job as a first year athlete in a tough scenario, right? So think of think of that, Ted, where I'm looking a freshman in the eye and going, "All right, man, we're not playing great right now. Go in and make some stops." And um, he just kind of looked, nodded, and said, "Okay, that's why I'm here." So uh, I thought he was awesome. Um, you know, he's still got to become more mature and poised in the clear, I, no matter what the ride is. I think that's one element of Jack's game that, it, and you see it in a lot of freshman goalies, Ted, that don't fully know how to read a ride yet, how to move a ride and all that stuff. And But he's getting there rapidly, I think. Uh, and I also think the reverse part of that scenario helped Jack. I thought Ellis was awesome when we, you know, he wasn't having a great day and, and neither was our defense. And that's sometimes those moves, Ted, are, to spark an entire team, not just a position. And so um, he came off the field, the first person that Jack talked to every time out or every, every dead ball, every end of quarter after that was Ellis, which I think is, says, uh, speaks a ton to what kind of character Ellis Wilson has, how he was raised, what type of competitor he is, what type of teammate and leader he is. I thought that was awesome. And I think part of that was why Jack, played pretty well so um you know a tough move to make in game one and and has resulted in a lot of conversations in our office this uh this week but you know ted we we talked to ellis and jack earlier in the week and said listen guys we feel like we've got two goaltenders that can play starting goaltender lacrosse and there's a couple beyond that too can do the same so we've talked about lucas and trevor and, and liam as well so um and uh, they just need to read and react and we're prepared this year to make changes like any other position. If I feel like a defenseman, you know, isn't in that mode of fast play or or, or um, producing in, in an execution element that we ask him to, we're, we're going to make a change. And we'll do that throughout the course of the week. We've got a lot of good players. So I want to be able to do that with our goalie position, have our goalies ready and, and um, not be so gun set on who's starting, who's not, and this and that, but just being being prepared to play at all times. Well, you know I'm going to go there. So can you tell us or do you want to tell us at this point who starts Saturday? Uh, no. And, and, Ted, it's it's not because I don't love you and and – think you're phenomenal at your job it's because i don't know yet and and uh you know i think that um today will be a great catalyst and in this uh this practice that we have and we'll we'll tell our guys tomorrow and we'll and we'll go from there but we're we're very confident that whoever we pick we'll do a, we'll do a fantastic job all right let's talk about some positive stuff adam shea back healthy back owning the x winning 20 out of 30 yep you know that's uh and that that's the team that Colgate was. I think they they have um, basically substituted an element of winning faceoffs with what they're what they're committed to in their ride. So um, what we gain, unfortunately, in facing off at what 65, 67 percent, you know, we we lose at clearing the ball at 70 percent. So um, if if Shea's going to be as impactful as we think he can be. The, the, the other part of that equation will come to fruition. But, um, yeah, we're proud of him. We feel like he could have done a ton more from a, a forward movement standpoint and really think that his versatility in his game has got to be better on game day. I think um, he falls into victim of being great at that face-off dot and doing great things there. I think he can be great at all other elements, and we're going to ask him to do so. And, and I think that um, – you know, if, if, if he can start to see this whole full field standpoint, um, he's going to continue to have the year that we think he can, but also now create 
a, a much difficult, much more difficult day for an opposing team from a face-off to offense standpoint, which I think w- was non-existent against Colgate's. So what he did for us was great, but I think that the transition from winning the ball to now creating offense with the ball, not not just a, a fast break standpoint or you know an early offense standpoint, but substitution and all things Shea can do um, as a dynamic face-off player, something we need to see from him going forward. So as much as we liked it, we challenged him to be better and uh, to, to do more on a game day standpoint. But yes, he had a great day. Uh, we knew he would, and um, we anticipate him battling hard against what we think is one of the best face-off guys in the country and, and uh, who Michigan has. I didn't realize until you took the field how young you were on defense. I just it, it never really occurred to me. But Ryan uh, Brooks Ryan is out there starting as a freshman. Uh, Brady Camella, a sophomore that didn't play that much. Nolan Firth is the junior holding it all together. What does that defensive unit have to do to take the next step? Uh, play games, man. Uh, that's that's the tough part about this thing is we can't have game day experience and correct them without playing in games. You know, so uh, I think uh, when you're young, you got to recognize that you are. And uh, but also those guys are good. You know, I think Brooks is a great defenseman. I think Brady is a great defenseman. Um, you know, we've got a couple on the bench too. We've got you know Tyler Cavill playing up top, and and uh, you know all types of excuses to make mistakes. Uh, we're we're just not giving them the outlet to do so. I think. Um, you know, what you see in a, in a first quarter with those guys, our first quarter and freshman mistakes. And, you know, I think if we're, if we're going to be any good, our coaching staff has to recognize that and um, deal with the bumps and bruises early in the season, you know, kind of plant the seeds of that, of that late winter so that in the spring you can see a, a, a flower blossom and grow. And um, we're fully prepared to do that. So, um, and I think we, we have a communication system here, Ted, where, you know, we don't go into a film session and go, oh, hey, you know, it's your first game and, you know, um, things will happen. Let's, uh, let's just keep getting better. That's not how I think or how I operate. I hope you know that at this point. We went into that film session and said, this is unacceptable. That's unacceptable. You're a better player than that. I don't care if it's our first game. Improve. And um, thankfully, these guys are tough. They're competitors. And, you know, they're as underwhelmed with their play as we are, Ted. They're, they didn't look at that first quarter and beyond and go, oh, shucks, they, they, uh, they're anxious to capitalize and, and redeem some play. And so um, we're uh, fortunate that we have an excellent opponent that isn't going to give us a chance to take a breath on Saturday, and, and that's how you got to face adversity. you got to look at head-on and, and um, approach it like a shark attack. If I don't kick this thing in the nose, it's going to take a big chunk out of my leg here. So um, I think that, that our, we're proud that our guys can do that. We're young. We're going to be young all, all year long, and um, – we don't, we don't fully care. A first year who didn't look like a first year was Chris Patterson. I know this is early, but he reminds me of a Ryan Archer. He's a guy that can make a great pass from behind the goal, but you have to respect his ability to come out front and shoot as well. Two goals, two assists, and I just thought played with great poise. Yeah, Chris Chris is great. You know, he is, uh, and I think even with that poise that he played with, I mean, he is super confident and and a junkie to the game, man. He just he loves 
lacrosse. He loves playing it. He loves everything about it. He he has no he doesn't bat an eye at extra work or at shooting reps or or more film. He's just he's in, you know. And we love him already. I I, I we know how how great of a year he can be or great of a year. Sorry, he can have as a first year. And he's still even with a decent first game, he can still have better decision making that will come with experience. You know, he there's a couple clips he watches uh, for that film, and he goes, oh, you know, and he's kicking himself in the in, in the head and but um in the end i know him well enough already to know that he is going to get better every game exponentially he's just he is that good i really believe that so a great start and you know i texted him the night before that game and and just said listen man i'm I haven't felt like you're a freshman yet or a first-year athlete. I haven't felt like this is too much for you. Uh, I'm proud as hell to coach you already, and this game is just going to be the start of a, ter- a terrific career, man. And and I just uh, I really believe that. I think you're going to see him continue to be an impactful player day-to-day. Game two at Michigan this Saturday, venue change and time change. It's going to be indoors, 1 o'clock at Detroit Country Day School. In terms of the fans, I mean, probably it would be mostly parents and everything that want to go anyway. Is is everybody that wants to get in going to be able to get in? What do you know about seating in that venue? Uh, yeah, I think it's like our dome. It's it's. Uh, I think we're getting 80 tickets. Um, they, they can't support our radio. There's, there's, there's a bunch of problems with it and uh it, it it's it's provided a little bit of fuel to the fire uh, I, they're doing they're actually doing us a favor uh with you know playing this game at, at an alternate site um but uh yeah there there's there's some difficulty with the amount of spectators and, and all that good stuff so tell us about Michigan. They they were actually it's interesting. We're in the same boat you were last year. One and three in league, going to their last game. Won it to make the tournament. Swept the tournament. Went to Cornell and won in the NCAA's. I mean that's that program hasn't been around that long, but they got good pretty fast. Yeah, and that's it's it's a it's a beautiful season, really. I mean, I can't. It may sound corny, but they they started hitting a stride and and playing at the peak of their play when you want to, you know? And I think that's what, what the early season was. I mean, that's what you got to figure out is like, who's tough. Like who, 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 who's really tough enough to endure the improvement you need. And so that when, you know, you're still catching your bumps and bruises in some league play, you can still win the last league game of the season and then go play in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, I think, that's the catapult that that program needed. And it's, it's inspirational in a lot of different ways for teams that don't have great beginnings of the year or don't have the, you know, the season that goes the exact way they thought it would. I, I, you know, I think it's, it's a, um, it's a great testament to um, some senior leadership they had a year ago and, and uh, you know, the coaching that they had a year ago. And I think the biggest Part to our game coming up this weekend is in that comment I just made. All those successes were a year ago. Uh, they they mean nothing to me now, or or they shouldn't mean anything to their program now either. That's past. And and if they learned how to win, yeah, I think so. I think they took a, a dramatic step in the right direction with that. Um, but um, you know, we're we're looking at this thing as a, a potential for redemption from a week ago for us i mean as much as we uh want to prepare well for the for the the boys in blue and and understand that 
you know, they play in the Big Ten Conference, and, you know, their coach made a, made a comment in the press about how it's not a pretty boy conference, and they have all six-foot-four, 220-pound animals that, that come after your throat or something like that. I don't know what he said, but um, uh, we, we get all that. I just – we're underwhelmed at the way we played a week ago, and I think we're mo- more focused on that, Ted, and this journey and our team, I mean, of course, we're going to prepare for Michigan. Of course, we want to know what they do, the scheme that they'll provide and, and w- where we need to be great on game day against them specifically. But we need to improve in February right now. We need to we need to focus on where we what we left out or what we left on the field uh, or what we didn't leave on the field on Sunday against Colgate that we have to balance the two this week. You know, we know that they had a great end of the season. They're a big 10 team. They're very good. They have lots of good players, but we think we're pretty good too. And we have lots of good players. So we need to balance the focus with what Michigan's going to provide us or what Michigan's going to give and what Hobart has to be prepared to give from an in-house standpoint. I saw a little bit of their game against Virginia. They didn't do well against Virginia, but nobody's going to do well against Virginia probably this year. Uh, You haven't played them in the regular season in a long time, but you have seen them in scrimmages. So what kind of schemes do you expect out of Michigan? Uh, I think they're well. I think they're very well coached tactically. You know, offensively in particular, they they have an ability to make a big play from a skill position standpoint, but also, you know, can grind you down offensively as, as well. They they share the ball. They have you know, a great off ball player in uh, you know a transfer from Lehigh. So you know, this is our first test against you know a quote unquote super team. You bring in Princeton's best short stick defensive midfielder you bring in lehigh's best goal scorer and add to an already pretty stacked roster so um we know that they're capable off ball capable with ball and very veteran defensively and if you watch the virginia game they're they're attempting to be physical and um and bully a little bit and you know they'll hit you and and uh and press you force you to play a physical brand of lacrosse so um we get it, you know. We're there is advertised. They have uh, stuff all over the field that can be very dangerous. And and you're right. We ain't Virginia, Ted. Uh, you know, nobody is. I think they are. They're a special team. And um, but uh, we we know who we are and believe that with a kickstart in that identity from a week ago, um, that we can we can answer back some of the calls from what they're what their offense will demand of our defense and what their defense will demand of our offense and, and any and all things in between the lines, face-off riding and clearing. So it's a great challenge for us, man, but we're, uh, we're preparing well to face it. You mentioned the transfer portal, and they brought a bunch of guys in. Is that a route you've been pursuing at all at Hobart? Uh, no, um, but it's not to say we won't in the future. Um, you know, Ted, I think there's a lot to be said for the the. the the adding of athletic scholarships here, how that's transforming an incoming class and, and a recruiting system. Um, and then, you know, I think we are uh, in a place where we're, we're still getting that system off and running. You know, we, we recently made dramatic changes in our front office from an admission standpoint, a financial aid standpoint, a scholarship standpoint, all of those things are changing right now. So, you know, when you start talking about transfers and this and that, it's just, it adds a whole different element. I don't, I'm not, I'm not completely against it. I don't think 
transfers are bad people. I've told you that before. I don't think teams that take in transfers are are, are not doing the right thing. I, that's that's really not for me to say. All I know is right now for us, we want to promote uh, a four year Division One student athlete and uh, want that consistency to not to not be to not fall by the wayside, to not go away. I think the there, there's lots of great things that the transfer portal provides. An, unha- an unhappy player, a player with additional year because of injury, a grad school year, all of those things I, I recognize. But I do also believe there's, a, there's an intense promotion of the transfer portal that is affording a a young man or a young woman who shouldn't be transferring or isn't transferring for the right reasons, an opportunity to leave or, or an opportunity to find the grass being greener to, instead of doubling down on the, the choice they made early. I do think there's a balance of both in that thing. So we, we want to give the guys that commit to this place a four-year opportunity to grow, improve, and to become loyal Hobart lacrosse players. And I don't think anything else is wrong or right outside of that. I think that's just what's best for us here right now. All right, Hobart at Michigan, Saturday, 1 o'clock at Detroit Country Day School. I'm not sure where in the building we'll be, maybe the men's room, but (laughs) we think we'll be in the building and we think we'll see you Saturday. All right, Ted, thanks, brother. A reminder, you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever, and get all your athletics news from the official website, hwsathletics.com. Until Saturday, have a great lacrosse week.